When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Man, so many cats have been drafted to Toronto in the last month that we might have to start playing the Canadian National Anthem once in a while around here. Hang the maple leaf flag from Bramlage, the roof, like they do at hockey games. (laughs) Just moments ago, as we come on air at 4.07, MLB Draft, K-State shortstop, Nick Goodwin, a.k.a. Goody, has been drafted Seventh round pick number 214 to the Toronto Blue Jays. Knew it was coming. It was going to be today, most likely, as we had thought previously, rounds three through ten. And it just so happens the Blue Jays have picked Nick Goodwin. So congratulations to Nick Goodwin. Absolutely deserves it. Not a surprise at all to see him go in the, in the first ten rounds. And the best of luck to him. And that also comes like just a few days after... Uh, Jordan Wicks was promoted to AAA with the Chicago Cubs, so it's a lot of good K-State baseball news right now in uh, in the majors. Will Brennan is doing, sounds like, pretty well with the Cleveland Guardians. So, uh, yeah, some really solid news lately. So congratulations again to Nick Goodwin. He has been drafted just a few moments ago by the Toronto Blue Jays. Welcome to the game. I am Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale, David G. Travion Berkland here as well across the glass. We're all four here. Phone number is 537-1350. Coming up in hour number two, Mason Voth from EMA Online will join us for a couple of segments. As we have Mason on, we usually tackle a bunch of topics, and we will do so including getting to maybe some heated Royals talk uh, because a controversial pick in the first round, eighth overall by the Kansas City Royals last night, that left Royals fans very unhappy, as in kind of furious about the direction of the Royals organization where it's currently trending. Let's put it that way. As, as if you don't believe that it could get worse. I The stats on... A play a high school catcher, first round draft pick. It, it's abysmal. I, mm-hmm. It's either Joe Mauer or everybody else, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awful. That's so bad. What are we doing? What if he is uh, Joe Mauer though? That'd be that'd be amazing. <laughs> that'd be really cool. I, let I will say this: he was an LSU commit. Right. So, uh, you know, he's he's projected as a pretty solid player, but first round? Blake Mitchell, catcher out of Texas, high school kid, 18 years old, was picked eighth overall by the Royals. Gatorade player of the year the last two years. And people aren't happy because typically you don't take catchers in the first round at a high school uh, because most of them don't make it to the big leagues. Most of them don't start. Correct. 
statistically. Just going by stats here. Just going by the numbers. I mean, we're not even giving this kid a chance and uh, already uh, counting him out because he's joining the Royals and who have the Royals, when it comes to prospects, turned into big leaguers in the last six or seven years. Yeah, let's just rewind that. They're counting him out because he got drafted by the Royals. I mean, at this <laughs> well, point, he's a at, catcher. This, at, at this point, that's all you need to know. Meanwhile, uh, later in this first hour, we'll blindly rank five. And uh, we'll, of course, uh, we'll have to bring up Bob Huggins here in just a moment. <laughs> but uh, right before we came on air, I reminded DG that we are playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on Friday as we celebrate reaching over three uh, million listens on our podcast. We're well wow. over that by now. By the time we play, we're going to be at four million, maybe. Wow. I don't know. Uh, but we hit three million, so it's time to celebrate. I wanted to wait to the All Star break. Uh, because there's a lot of time there with that, not a lot of sports going on. No. And not really expecting anything big, like when it comes to K-State stuff really dropping. I wouldn't expect it. You know, you never know. So I thought this would be a good time. As you may know, the uh, Home Run Derby is tonight. The All-Star Game is tomorrow. And then, you know, it's three or four days of not a whole lot when we don't have any yeah. sports going on. Big 12 media days. Well, Big 12 media days. Wednesday, Thursday, we'll tackle that. But in actual games... Nobody's yeah. playing other than some summer league stuff as well, which we, uh, we'll take a look at Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson a little bit later on as well. But DG is uh, going to be the first contestant up in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in the second hour on Friday. And with him playing first, I'm allowing him to pick the theme of the, of the questions. It yep. could be like K-State sports. It could be 90s movies. It could be, you know, I gave him up to three specific categories or we could just do general trivia, and you told me right before the show that you're ready to make that selection. I thought about it all weekend. Can I be honest? I, I thought all weekend. I thought long and hard about it. I went fishing today. Shout out to Rocky Ford. Shout out to it. And I sat there, and I thought about it, and I was like, I want to go. I want to be like the, the real contestants on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, where they don't know what's coming, and they don't know what category. To, it just like... One category, what type of pasta, and the other one is who invented the the motor carriage. You know what I mean? Like, I just want it. Whatever happens, happens. All right, general trivia. I'm in, Is dude. the uh, Is going to be the trivia coming up on, on Friday well, again in the second hour. Dude, the first one and pretty much the second one, too, have to be gimmies. The last time we played... The first one was really hard. Well, I no, the first two were easy. It was the third one that tripped oh, up Troy because it was a hockey yeah. question. I asked, what rule is a major in hockey? And the answer was butt ending. And I had figured living in Colorado for a couple of decades, you might get that one. Nope. Nope. He doesn't follow tri- or, I, uh, hockey. Not that closely, no, because I still am a Midwest kid. Yeah. And I'd even heard a butt ending. Well, yes, but... You know, when you butt somebody with the end of your stick, that's what, butt ending. What did I answer that was a major? I, you know what? But and I thought there was some controversy to that, too. That that yeah. Well, a- I had two questions that I came up with that, you know, maybe it was a little bit loose on if it was actually the right answer or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's uh, kind of an argument uh, for uh, another answer, and so I was like, all right, so I got to definitely make sure, like, I have everything researched and have to be 100% with my right answers. The thing is, only coming up with 15 questions. Yeah. You giving me the option of just wide open trivia makes it a lot easier, I think, on me. Let's Valid. do it. So, and my goal is to actually give away some money this time. I'm putting 100 bucks of my own money on the line. Just what? To, yeah, yeah, really. Didn't give it away last year because Troy blew it on question three. <laughs> but also, 
you know, I'm still working out the rules, but you know, once you're done, Deej, if you lose or you walk away, I'm still going to give these two guys as well on Friday right on a chance to win some money. Just whatever you don't win is up for grabs for everybody else. Wait a minute, didn't we end the show on Friday talking about that we're in radio and low paid? Yes. I've been saving. <laughs> for this one specific... It's taken so, him 365... You know? <laughs> that's what... Dude, I'm right there with you, man. I, so, for the last three years, I've you know, started the pandemic, I've been filling up this Macho Man Randy Savage Slim Jim tin can <laughs> full of change. I'm going to go cash that in. Yeah. It may only be $91.25 up for grabs, but... Dude, like, like Troy just said, I'm in radio. I'll take every yeah. penny. I don't care if it's 16 dollars i need it oh my god boy i was uh really surprised to see this headline earlier today <laughs> one of america's most wanted men has been captured what he was on the top 10 most wanted in the kc metro mr babador chief saholic was arrested earlier today after being on the run for months 28 year old xavier babadar was arrested in lincoln california which is a suburb of sacramento so much for my guess of the ozarks (laughs) i i I wouldn't have guessed california especially when you look at the places that he robbed I like Kansas City FBI style because they're the one that tweeted out the info and they just kind of like in in a tweet thread gave the details yeah. on what he was doing. And I'm like, you know what? Straight out press release. Isn't this probably not like an active investigation? Like they're going in front of a grand jury to, you know, obviously tackle the previous charges and maybe bring up some more on him. Yeah. And oh, they, sure. they're putting out all the info on Twitter. Maybe that should. Yeah, I, this is this. Yeah, it's a pretty basic FBI okay. press release when you get an arrest like that. I can't wait for the thirty for thirty or the like oh. <laughs> the Netflix documentary. <laughs> I cannot wait. Well, let me let's rewind a little bit. Give you some details on you know why he was on the run. So this goes back to December sixteenth of twenty twenty two. He robbed a bank in Tulsa. It was the Tulsa Teachers. Federal Credit Union, so he's robbing teachers. Automatically, this guy's an out, Absolute jerk. Um, But he needed some money so he could get a good seat uh, down in Houston to watch the Kansas City Chiefs play the Houston Texans. He was trying to make sure he wasn't living on Tulsa time long. (laughs) Anyway, he gets popped. He's arrested. He's charged. He goes to court. Bonds out, but he's got the ankle monitor. He cuts that thing off in Tulsa. And then for months, and this was this is in February, he cuts himself loose from the ankle monitor. And since February of this year, he has been on the run from authorities. On the run long enough, he's a top five fugitive, according to Kansas City's Most Wanted. And then we find out more details, according to an affidavit. Babador is alleged to have laundered the proceeds from the robberies through local casinos and bank accounts. This method of money laundering enabled him to conceal the origins of the funds while making it difficult for authorities to trace the money back to its source. So Troy, no, he didn't go to the Ozarks, but he was he was moving like he's from Ozark, like from the TV show, yeah. mm-hmm. laundering money through a casino like they did in Ozark. 
But it turns out that what we also learned from the affidavit that from you know in the second half of 2022, he had redeemed more than a million dollars in chips in various casinos, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois. And then it turns out while on the run, he also robbed four banks, Nebraska, Iowa, Tennessee, Oklahoma, and attempted to rob two more uh, banks in Minnesota. The number of agencies involved in this in the tweet thread was absolutely hilarious when you started going through the list because it's FBI Minneapolis. It's the sheriff out at Lincoln, California. It, I mean, it just the, the, the running list made you think that this was, you know, a major, major criminal. Chief Saholic. It's just Joel. It's a little old Chief Saholic. What did he do? Launder a million dollars. I mean, for the uh, okay, yeah, but uh, I mean, just but a, yeah, but you would think it's like Ted Bundy, <laughs> you know right? Like, no, Chief's a holic. I mean, they brought everything man. down on this guy. Man, he robbed banks: Nashville, Tennessee, Des Moines, Iowa, Bixby, Oklahoma, Omaha, Nebraska, a couple in Clive, Iowa, and then the locations in Minnesota. He tried robbing and was unsuccessful. Maple Val- uh, Apple Valley, rather, and Savage, Minnesota. Ooh. Is it too early to start considering him for one of the best bank robbers in American history? Whoa. No, 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 <laughs> The no, best no, no, since no. Jesse James no. and Frank James. No, 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 no His no, no. thing is he didn't go for, like, your traditional banks, right? You, like you said, he went for credit unions? Small, yeah, I mean... One was called Great Western Bank in Clive, Iowa. You Which, have that's part of a national chain. Okay, Wings Financial. This graphic is kind of small. I'm okay. trying to see all the. But anyway, I mean, it's banks I've never heard of. Well, FBNO is is First National Omaha, uh, so that was what he got in Omaha. I didn't know so much about banks. I grew up in it. My mom was IT at the local bank in. Oh yeah, hometown. local bank. Yeah. I mean, I know my local bank. And I've covered anyway. news for how many years? So, you know, uh, FNBO is is First National Omaha. Uh, First Interstate is based out of Cheyenne. Um, Are you Chief Saholic? Uh, no. <laughs> Great, Great Western Bank was actually the ones that held the naming rights for the forum for so many years, the Great Western Forum. There was at a time where I guess officers thought they knew where he was, like it basically woods. And when they get there, they find $1,460 in $20 bills and they found a glove worn by him in a bank robbery. No way. And I don't, I don't, I don't see here the exact location of that. If that was in Oklahoma where he first basically robbed a bank or whatever, I just got to say this. He was on the run for so long and with technology and. It's just so easy with the technology that you know police departments, the FBI have to find people to be on the run since February of 2023. You're being chased by the FBI, and to be on the run this long while still robbing banks and not getting caught is a hell of a run. It's crazy. Yes. That is a that to me is a historic run. How do you get away with it for so long? <laughs> yes, he's going to have to really pay up now. I mean, he is in huge trouble, but not slipping up till now is quite impressive. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. I just 
the stones to go rob a bank. And then, like, absolutely. You know, and then, then you take your stuff to the casino and change it out. I mean, that isn't an easy, I don't think it's, a, I mean, maybe it is as easy as he made it seem. Like, you just roll up and say, hey, here's a 12 grand. Or maybe he's a smarter guy than he appears to be on the For outside. Sure. A ding dong that runs around in a wolf costume and blows all his money on chief stuff is actually. And he's laundering seven figures. It's crazy. It's crazy. Faking that he's a big player with his car. Yeah. I mean, how many car photos did the guy take? When they uh, like when these thirty for thirty or like Netflix, whoever's going to make this documentary, it's not about if it's about when this documentary is going to be made. Because I'm dying to know more details about how he was able to do it. I mean, do they typically pay prisoners for their story? That's a good question. Usually that goes towards the... Uh, if, they, if they end up like doing an interview or nah, whatever. No, it usually goes to the restoration costs. Oh, yeah, true. He's it's have to pay it's out, out of his pocket, yeah. That's, they, that's a great way to get that number knocked down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Re- restitution will be very interesting oh. going forward. Does it go to his commissary so he can buy Cheetos and ramen? No. Uh, nope. <laughs> Man. Well, let's take a break, and when we come back... Um, Boy, more just off-the-wall story, like crazy story over the weekend has to do with Bob Huggins. And, I mean, is his legacy becoming more and more disgraced after the last couple of days? That's coming up next. Mason Vogt from Email Online will join us at 510. We'll tackle a number of topics, including the Kansas City Royals and a not-like draft pick in the first round by Kansas City last night in the MLB draft. Plus, we'll talk, of course, K-State football and basketball. We'll blindly rank five in just a moment as well. We go from the United States of America versus Chiefsaholic to Bob Huggins versus West Virginia. After it had appeared that they had mutually parted ways, now they're butting heads. Uh, aye, aye, aye. It's uh, it's chapter three <laughs> in what has become the saga of West Virginia separating themselves from Bob Huggins. So now let's rewind on this story. Bob Huggins, of course, it's been now a couple of months where he appeared on... Uh, I should say he called in to Cincinnati Radio, used a gay slur, and then was arrested back in mid-June for DUI, where he's nearly three times over the legal limit, thought he was in a completely different city. He was arrested in Pittsburgh, and uh, well, it was a day or two later, he had officially talked to his team and said he's going to um, walk away, step away, and uh, no longer going to be the head basketball coach at West Virginia. Well, turns up, turns out rather that uh, maybe he's not done with West Virginia. At least he thinks he's not done with West Virginia, because this was Saturday night. Bob Huggins demanded his reinstatement as men's basketball head coach to West Virginia. That's according to his attorney, and Huggins claimed that he never resigned on June seventeenth, nearly a month ago. So I guess we could you know, take a look at the facts here, So, or take a look at the sides of the story. Huggins' argument is that his wife, June, sent the resignation letter to Deputy Athletics Director, uh, I don't know how to say his last name, his first name, Steve, and in an email text screenshot release, it shows that June Huggins sent 
the following to the deputy athletic director that said, quote, please accept this correspondence as my formal notice of resignation as West Virginia head basketball coach and as notice of my retirement from West Virginia University effective immediately. Meanwhile, West Virginia says that West Virginia University begins their letter stating that Huggins' claims are completely factually uh, inaccurate. West Virginia believes that Bob Huggins resigned and retired on the night of June 17th. Huggins spoke with student-athletes, coaches, and administration in a team meeting announcing his resignation. And West Virginia basically called his allegations fake. They used the word spurious. That is a fancy word for fake allegations. Mm -hmm. So really, here's just my two cents on that. One, and basically also threatened legal action is Bob Huggins. One, any sort of threat at all is not going to get you your job back. Two, the university, as I just mentioned, is very aware that you personally (laughs) went to your players, talked to them in person, and said, I am resigning, I am retiring, I'm no longer your head basketball coach. But apparently, while he was at rehab, and apparently he's still in rehab, his wife is the one that sent this letter in. So now we're blaming the wife, and we're trying to get her job back. Sir... You are so lucky, in my opinion, very lucky, that after the gay slur was said so comfortably that West Virginia was willing to sweep it under the rug. Yep. You truly blew it when not too long after that, you're driving incredibly drunk. You actually blew it. And you got caught. 2-1, yeah. (laughs) And now trying to make these demands is only, well... Let's put it this way. Outside of Morgantown, West Virginia, is a very disgraceful picture that's being drawn now. Because it doesn't seem that believable, honestly. No. That's just my side. But after you the, – the, the university is very aware. You talk to your players in person and, and, and said what you're going to do. It's hard to beat that. The utter nerve – to come at it then with a completely different attorney hours after your personal attorney has been sitting at a table face-to-face with the athletic director and associate athletic director negotiating. To come at this with an entirely different law firm and this letter than the one that you had seated at that table earlier in the day negotiating is it just completely flummoxes me. Well, and also the timeline is very strange to me. Uh, Exceptionally odd. Because when he resigned, again, and this is apparently the wife sending in this resignation letter, that was almost a month ago. Mm -hmm. Why are we now just responding to it? That's my question. Primarily because he's getting ready to come out of treatment? And he's ready to get back to work? Is that the Did he forget that he resigned to his players? <laughs> On top of that, and for those who don't know, my brother is an employment attorney, and so he and I were texting this morning over this. And, you know, I'm suspicious of this second firm, this other attorney involved in this, and almost feel like that this is someone else pulling strings behind the scenes 
You know, we know how angry his daughter was on social media after all of this. And little bro pointed out that it's a weird fit. This attorney uh, works for a national insurance defense firm, not a plaintiff's firm. Yet they're working as a plaintiff's attorney in this deal. Just strange all the way around. This is not even close to their normal area of practice. So where is this coming from? You think they got in? They somebody got in his head that like you could maybe maybe this is about the like buyout or or you know like the cash that he he could get as as far as and again and again that's where I have an issue where this confuses me because his guy has been sitting in the in these meetings face to face negotiating. Yeah, they even said so. He got some bad advice somewhere. Um, Real bad advice. Just let it go, man. It's over. You know, you did it. Nobody else. You know, that's what part of it is like we talked about um, a few weeks ago when Mason was here. Like you hope that through these things, through these situations that he's caused, maybe it would cause him to sit back and reflect take responsibility and say, you know what, I got some growing, I, I have growing to do. I'm sick. I need help. Obviously, he's like, you know, somehow convinced himself that West Virginia somehow did something wrong. Now, West. like, dude. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just going to point this out. Uh, the DUI case has been determined eligible for a diversion program. In Pennsylvania, that could lead to dismissal. I was I was about to bring that up because okay. if I didn't know if you'd seen yes, this or not, I, if he feels like this is something he can beat, which if you take a diversion, you can plead not guilty. So in in well, his license would would tell a different story, but when it comes to his record, that it would be a bit different. Correct. It would have the diversion on it. He pleads not guilty. He's never been convicted, and that way, maybe that's an argument that he can fight for that job back. I don't know with with this kind of job, with with it being under contract, and I'm sure there was a clause in there that if you, I mean, just by arrest you can forfeit your your contract, and West Virginia can terminate you without having to pay you out. That this can actually be won, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, no, this is a sticky situation because if it is um, a diversion, it isn't. It's like he didn't get arrested, right? I mean, it's like. The the you have the two cases the one with your license and the one with the actual correct crime yes so but if you if you don't I mean if it if you didn't get arrested for a DUI if it's diversion then maybe he could but it's like I would just be like I, I, you just have to say Bob like it's over man like this is too much if you care about the university and the school and the the team you wouldn't want to cause all this. It, it it's a semantics game at that point. Oh, yeah. It's a semantics game at that point. Yes, okay, your record is expunged. Let's face it, we all know in public what happened, Absolutely. and you were in a zero-tolerance situation. That's true. That's true. He was, right? After the, after the, um, the radio thing, mm-hmm. it was zero-tolerance. I wonder if that was a contractual thing, or was that just a... Something that was just put it out. It was a there. giant warning. Yeah, and I, if don't if, slip up. And he's like, it is a semantics thing, and that's what all this like legalese is all about. Is about 
what is on paper, not what has been said or anything, what's on paper. And if he thinks maybe Bob Huggins is like, you know what, a year from now I'll be back and nobody will even be talking about this if he can beat it. If he thinks he can, mm, that's tough. That's tough. Just go home, dude. I think about the amount of controversy that he has been at the center of over the years. And coming out of Cincinnati with what played out there, to me, he was a sympathetic figure. For all of the foibles that maybe he had as a head coach at the time, he still ran what was a pretty solid program. And he was making a difference with his players. That's yeah. Let let's you know just look at guys like a Nick Van Exel uh-huh. coming out of that program. Kenyon Martin, Reuben Patterson. Mm-hmm. They were they were known for being rough and tumble. And yet, when they were in school, you weren't hearing issues with them. He was able to keep all of that in check. What it came down to was that he had a president at the tail end of his tenure. There, he had a president who wanted him gone. See ya. And was looking for any excuse. At the time, it was a sympathetic thing. Mm-hmm. K-State gave him an opportunity. He's able to parlay that into an opportunity the next year at West Virginia. Though, let's be honest, even if K-State hadn't given him that chance, West Virginia comes open, he's still likely going to be the candidate. He's gruff. He's respected. He's, I mean, the, the, you can sit here and you can go on one hand and go on the other, you know, positive, negative, different things about the personality. But at this point, this is, it's an embarrassing blow to a Hall of Fame coach and the caliber of work that he's done over the years. And it's coming down to literally semantics game. And trying to shoehorn himself back into something when he already was faced with zero tolerance mm-hmm. because of the mistake earlier. It's just a bad look every step of the way in this deal. I'd love to hear from him. I'd love to have like oh boy. an interview with Bob Huggins and have him defend like what's going on. Um, because you always go, you always think you, you you have an opinion, and then you hear the other guy's side of it, and sometimes you get swayed. And I think Bob Huggins has shown over the years he's a heck of a recruiter, so I think that he can recruit some people to be on his side, to where he say, "Hey, I didn't have anything to do with that email." You know, that's another thing. What if he really didn't? What what if he did not say? Okay, shoot that email off. Let's get it over with. What if it was? What if it well, was his wife just trying to look out for him? I. Good luck proving that. Yeah, I mean, right. He's got to have her. I mean, she would have to testify. But I, I, I think of Frank Martin's tweet the night that this all went down, where it was announced that Huggins was retiring, and his comments about that he's sitting in his car crying because it's ending this way. Mm-hmm. I mean, Huggins had that impact on guys. Yeah, I mean, you talked about it. In Cincinnati, he was like, I don't know, you guys are making us the bad guys. Right. So we'll 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 play into it then. We'll wear the black jerseys. We'll dunk on you ten times a game, fifteen times a game. We don't care, but it's you who are making us the bad guys. We're not trying to be the bad guys out here. And he really leaned into that. And doesn't it seem like 
head coaches that take that heel mentality, it never ends beautifully for those guys. No. It always seems to, like Jerry Tarkanian at UNLV. It's, you it's know, us it, against the world, and it doesn't pan out. It never does. And those are the kind of guys who a guy like Bob Huggins gets in trouble and fights his way out of it. He he he. Bob Huggins has never laid down and just taken the L and said, "Whatever, here you go." He's always got up and got up off the mat yeah. and fought, and that's what's going to happen here. And unfortunately, um, he should just take his standing eight count because it's it's over, man. It's it, it really he should just go home, but he's not gonna because that's not who Bob Huggins is. On a completely unrelated note, as you brought up Tarkanian, my lord, can you imagine what Tark would be doing in the NIL age? Oh, at UNLV. At UNLV. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Let's, wow. Let's take a break. We still have Mason Voth coming in, and uh, he'll join us via Zoom at 510. When we come back, haven't done it in about a week. Let's blindly rank five after these words. I have been on this show for now nine years, and I don't recall this specific topic ever being brought up. Because, Whoa. be honest with you, it's kind of like trashy reality show type of topic. Like Entertainment Tonight type of topic, if you know what I mean. Hmm. So why are we bringing it? Oh, anyway. Well, <laughs> I was like, you know what? We haven't blindly ranked five in a little while. Okay. <laughs> and I just couldn't help but notice that... Uh, Tom Brady and Kim Kardashian have been getting close lately. Oh, I'm like, my God, if they actually become a thing, that might be us. the power couple of power couples right there. <laughs> Those are two, you know, separate parts of the entertainment world clashing. And honestly, there might not be a richer couple when it comes to money merging. It's not that interesting when she's done it four other times in different entertainment. But it's never been Tom point. Brady. <laughs> You're talking about the uh, goat of football. I, she did that one football guy in like two thousand. What was his name? Reggie Bush. Yeah, Reggie. Oh Bush. yeah. But I'm just. I'm not ready for this. I, I honestly, <laughs> emotionally, mentally, I'm not ready for for TB12 and Kim K. Man, no. I just can't do it. No, it's gonna be I, too much. I, I, it's too I, I, much. At, at that point, bring on the. Uh, what I want to go, I want to go with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I'm not putting it together correctly. <laughs> the the by, bring on the intergalactic bypass and Absolutely. just run the planet out of here. I just want to. I'm going to say sports. I wanted to go back to the on only radio. I don't want. I don't want no more TV. No nothing. So I, I did some research today because this is just a topic I've never really been interested in. So I'm giving it a try. Five unlikely weird. Sports power couples. Mm. <laughs> Your first one is Serena Williams and Brett Ratner. Serena Williams, one of the best female tennis players of all time. But you sh- she used to be romantically involved with the director of the Rush Hour movies. Yeah. <sighs> to me, that didn't seem like no. a match that would ever no. happen. No. no. Seems very one-sided. Are, are they still together? No. They're They're divorced. None of these couples are still together. Uh, yeah, oh. none of them are still together. No, because she married. Uh, what What is yeah. his gig? Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. So yeah. Onanin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Serena. I mean, the great. I mean, arguably the greatest. Women's I would. I would player. say she is the greatest women's tennis player. 
And then the guy who made Rush Hour. Which one of y'all kicked me? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. Uh, Chris Tucker is so funny. Um, I just, I got to think that coming down the pipeline are going to be some real heavy hitters. And this one is uh, still very, I'm going to say four. I'm going to put them at four. I like a four. Your next couple, DG, is Andre Agassi and Barbara Streisand. Oh, boy. Whoa, 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 wee, whoa. Apparently, they really liked each other, and this was when Andre Agassi had the long hair. Barbara Streisand was still pretty popular. Yeah. And this is also the same guy that dated Brooke Shields. So he is uh, he has dated some famous women. How did he re- not only dated but married Brooke Shields? Well, and he described this relationship with uh, Barbara Streisand as dressing in hot lava. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Hey, you got a pin over there, by is the that, way? Yeah. yeah wait an extra around here. Is that good or bad? <laughs> I, uh, I need to highlight that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's Ooh. like getting dressed in hot lava every day. It's really, really Dating awesome. you is like pouring ice cubes down your pants. It's c- <laughs> wow. What do you got, Deej? Five. That's a five. Easy five. Wow. Neither one of them are like very cool. This might be my favorite one. Phil Jackson and Jeannie Buss. That yeah, that was she, a power couple. Yeah, her dad was the owner, and then she obviously took over. But Phil Jackson was still, you know, that we're talking. This started in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that that's a high caliber relationship right sure. there. The boy from North Dakota. With, with the Playboy model owner. They lasted 16 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Hmm. Yep. I didn't realize it was that long. He went to the Knicks and I was like, see ya. I'm he was dating, with the boss's daughter, yeah. yeah I'm dating uh, James Dolan's daughter now. Bye. Um, I'll put that three. That's an easy three. Vladimir Glitchko. <laughs> yeah. Vladimir Klitschko, <laughs> rather. Yeah. And Hayden uh, Panettiere. Uh, Panettiere. Or, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, former world champion. Wow. Boxed for over 20 years. IBF, WBO, IBO, multiple world championships. Lineal. Now fighting for his country. And then you have the daughter of Coach Yost in Remember the Titans. Yes. We're talking about a difference of 15 years. The cheerleader from Heroes. Heroes. I loved Heroes. <laughs> save the cheerleader, save the world. Another show that was ruined by the writer's strike. Uh-huh. Man, that uh-huh. show was hot hot business. Um, that's easy, too. And also quite the height difference because she's a right. little, little, and he's massive. Yeah. The, he, Klitschko, the Klitschko brothers, man. Dude. Poor mom, dude. She had to like buy like a. She had to buy like fourteen gallons of milk every day. Like those guys are huge. The brother, uh, the other brothers, Vitali. Is that right? Uh huh. Vitali Klitschko, monster. Yeah. Also, big time boxer. Who? But it was uh, Vladimir was the better one, right? So okay, <laughs> sorry, but I, I'll keep it quick. Um, uh, Vladimir was able to piece back together his career after some early knockouts and was able to become. One of the greatest heavyweights of all time. But Vitaly's sh- career was very short, but he took Lennox Lewis, who's considered one of the greatest of all time sure. as well. He took him to the brink. Uh, that was a very close fight. And it, when it was all said and done, Vitaly could have been better, but his career was just shorter. And uh, Vladimir Vladimir was able to put it together, and uh, he got with uh, um, 
Oh no, uh, Emmanuel Stewart and was able to get like back into form and become a heavyweight champ. Uh, but yeah, that's a two because they were weird looking too. Yes. So you just have one open. Is that right? Yeah. Well, this might be number one, Derek Jeter and Mariah Carey. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's gotta be. And Derek Jeter hats off to him. He has dated some just beautiful and talented women man Mariah Carey actually went on uh went on the record and said that Derek Jeter was just the second man she had ever been with and I'm like and he wears number two <laughs> uh, number two. Oh my god oh boy um yeah by the way Derek Jeter known for making sure that he leaves them a gift bag on their way out the door oh yeah that's right. And yet even that couldn't derail him from being seen as the ladies' man. Jeets. Right. Call me Jeets. He would make all the women call him Jeets. Jeets. It's weird. Is that a fact? It's a fact. That's Look, weird. He's a weird guy. Peel back. He's the, lucky to keep J-Lo as long as he did. Or no, it was A-Rod. No, that was A-Rod, yeah. That's another guy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, complete for for as much as I would get annoyed at Derek Jeter, a Rod, I could be, would like to just wipe off the planet. Yeah. Ugh, but that look, Derek Jeter, you peel back the veneer of the Yankees, you know the mystique. Yeah, and he's a freaking weird guy, man. He's odd, and um, I hated him. I hated him. <laughs> With a passion, the whole thing where uh, when he flipped the ball, you know, to the oh catcher. against the A's, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. God, and hell then, of a play! It was a great play. But then later on in his career, he stunk, and they kept him in there because he's the captain. And it just man, I hated that guy. I know some people out there go, "Why you hate a Derek Jeter?" It's like, yeah, I also don't like, you know, Superman. You know what I'm saying? Like the goody two shoes, kind of like. Ugh, whatever. Dude. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the first hour with Patrick Mahomes next. Congratulations, Patrick Mahomes, on his new house. Somebody flew over his house, the brand new one in the KC area, and took a picture. And my first thought was, man, this is like the dream home for a sports fan because he has half a football field, half of a turf field with his personal logo at the 20-yard line. Really actually starts from the 40 and goes through the end zone. He's got that. That would be insane. Like, mm. imagine having that on Thanksgiving Day. Family's over, play a little football. You got a, almost a half of a field right there to use. Right. You don't need oh, any more than that. Awesome. You don't need more than that. He's got a pool in the back. Not as fancy as I thought it would be. He's got a whole pond to his disposal, and then his own personal pond. And then I see there is a golf hole there. It's a par three, full like golf hole, tee off to hole par three. But the thing is, my thought was there's just the one, and I'm like, all right, let's honestly think about this. How often is that going to get used? Tried a few times, and you're like, you know what? I don't like it. Now I'm the only one playing it. And I'm like I'm used to it. I, you know, no, it's just gonna sit there. That, that's it's a, not gonna get used. Yeah, that's that's a party favor. It for looks sure. cool for sure. Yeah, that's, that's for a, other people. Hey, let me let me show you the <laughs> nine. I personally would have put in a basketball court. 
not doesn't have one of those unless it's inside the house. It might be inside the house. Yeah. In one of three basements that he has now. All right, we got to go. Hour two coming up next. Mason Voth joins us in just a moment. Here's your local news.